0: Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 106. Welcome back, Maniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Sitting with me today while I record this intro is Kona the podcast dog. Kona says woof. And today is a historic day, my friends. Not today as in the day you're hearing this, I guess, but today as in January 25th, 2021, will go down in history as the day I was finally able to order a PlayStation 5. I, like many, snoozed on the pre-orders for the initial launch in mid-November and have been struggling ever since to find one. (laughs) And if you're in the same boat, you know the pain. You know the pain of trying to find a PS5 anywhere in any country. It's easier to find gold at this moment. It got to the point where I thought I was going to have the brutal irony that I would get a COVID vaccine by the same time I would be able to find a PS5 and I'd be able to go out and enjoy life again. But internally, I just want to be home playing PlayStation 5. Anyways, it says my delivery is supposed to arrive by February 2nd. So if I go off the grid for a little while, I am alive. I mean... Hopefully I'm alive. Maybe still check in on me, but uh, likely I'm playing cyberpunk. But I digress. Let's move on to today's episode because we have a killer episode for you today. It was one that I unbeknownstingly, is that a word, foreshadowed. In 2020, in episode 103 with Ferraro, uh, they were playing a drive-in gig with this artist. And I had said how awesome she is and how much I would love to have her on the podcast. And now we have her. This artist has taken over the Canadian rock radio stations and playlists in the last year. Uh, At least here in Toronto, she has. Of course, I'm talking about J.J. Wilde who released her first her debut album in 2020. It's called Ruthless and it is so badass. This chick is a rocker through and through and I'm so glad that JJ Wild agreed to do the podcast. We had so much fun chatting and she is just one badass mama jamma. If you haven't heard JJ Wild yet, for one just turn on Spotify and you will. But as well, we're going to do the Adamantium Recommend segment of course. So here are five songs by J.J. Wilde that you could check out before or after the podcast. So since the release of Ruthless, J.J.'s actually put out another two singles... She has a brand new single called Mercy. Check out that one. And she has another one, which is possibly my favorite song by her. It's called Best Boy, which also has a hilarious music video, which she gives us a little behind the scenes of in the interview. And then from the Ruthless album, I'm going to recommend the songs uh, The Rush, which has been dominating Canadian charts everywhere, and the songs Cold Shoulder, and finally the song Breakfast in Bed. So be sure to check those out. If you like rock and roll music, you will love J.J. Wilde, and you will just love who she is as a person as well. If you are tuning into the Adamantium podcast for the first time today, first of all, thank you so, so much for choosing to listen. We greatly appreciate you, and we would love for you to hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also find the Adamantium podcast on social media. We are on Instagram at the Adamantium on facebook at the adamantium podcast and we're on twitter at adam r harrison all right so moving on to today's virtual series episode it's episode 106 with jj wild right here on the adamantium podcast be safe be well and we shall see you next week ciao Are you at uh, you in Kitchener now?
1: I'm actually at my sister's, um, okay. which is in Cobaconk. <laughs> it's a very
0: small... Yeah, I was going to say, you might have to fill me in where that is.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a very small northern um, place. She just moved, so I'm checking out the new house.
0: Very going cool. back
1: tonight, but luckily with this, I can work from anywhere. So That's <laughs> it, yeah.
0: So yeah. Uh, are, you, uh, are you staying there for the holidays, or...?
1: No, I mean, we are going to come back up for the holidays, but I literally just came up last night, and I'm gonna be leaving tonight very this nice. kind of thing just to see the new house and help her get all settled in and that whole
0: thing. very nice. The holidays is a bit of a ordeal this year, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a lot like I don't know if we're able to come up here. we are now because it's not like they're fine, and where I am it's like it's okay to still travel, yeah um but. I don't know if that's going to be the case for the holidays. Like they were thinking about putting a travel ban so that people don't just oh, like, really? you know, go up to yeah. their relatives and visit and whatever. I kind of get it, but also I'm like, fuck off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like very strange for me too. Cause we, like, I come from a, I have a really small immediate family, but my dad comes from a family of 10. So oh like wow, our, yeah, our family Christmas is usually like 50, 60 people.
1: Oh my god! And
0: so uh, the thought of it just being now—it's actually just my mom and I, because my dad passed away a few years ago. So now it'd just be like two of us this <laughs> this Christmas. So uh, yeah. it'd be kind of weird, yeah. But, and the dog, and the dog. Sorry, so two and a half. <laughs> what
1: kind of dog? What kind of dog you
0: have? Uh, sorry. Res- she's a uh, she's in rescue. So she's mm-hmm. a bit of a a bit of a mutt. Okay. Um, but I got her. So actually, I, for, for Christmas, I bought her a DNA test. So we'll find oh, out in a few weeks. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. So we think my best guess is she's like a, like a Min Pin Chihuahua mix. Okay. So, yeah. but yeah, she came from Texas. And uh, yeah, I got her in February. So it was good timing right before the lockdown, the first quarantine. So yeah. she's been a good companion. <laughs>
1: No kidding. Well, yeah. where are you? Are you in the state? I'm in
0: Toronto. So I like, oh, we're okay. really, we're really shut down.
1: <laughs> yeah. what so. What's it like there? Cause yeah, like Kitchener's not quite in that same. Yeah. Uh,
0: to be world. honest, it's weird. This one's kind of odd. I have like, I thought they did. I thought they've like the Ontario government managed this decently up yeah. until yeah. recently, but this lockdown kind of makes no sense because like they shut down all the stores, but like big box stores are open. So like you can go to Canadian Tire or Walmart, but it's, but all the small businesses are closed. So you're like driving one, you're driving more people to space and also you're making the economy suffer even more. So
1: terrible. Yeah. It's kind of weird. They got to close them all. Cause yeah. I'm going to get all of their Christmas presents at Walmart and then the little stores close because that's like, that's, that's ridiculous that's and true. then i
0: saw like i saw like a press conference where i mean i know there's no there's no handbook to this thing but like i saw a press conference with doug ford where he was like encouraging us to shop local and it's like well how now <laughs>
1: <laughs> <The doors laughs> I'll are just closed. go to
0: amazon but it's like well what do we do now <laughs> yeah
1: like, yeah, what?
0: So, like contradicting yeah. your own messaging but
1: yeah exactly <laughs> well
0: tell me jj what you know everyone's got their stories and and struggles of how you know 2020 has treated them but for you it's also kind of like been an insanely successful year yeah
1: it's been (laughs) interesting yeah yeah
0: so you know a debut album a number one hit you know your like career's really kind of rocketed this year so tell me tell me the emotions that you've been feeling in 2020
1: Frustration amongst a lot, but gratitude as well. I mean, I'm very thankful that this is happening, even if it is in a pandemic where I can't go out and play and it's kind of, you know, it's not ideal, but I'm still very happy for it nevertheless, because my, my hope is that when we can start playing live shows again and everything that this time where it's kind of taken off, we'll just push people to the shows when we can have shows. I'm just trying to keep a positive... Outlook that way, but as far as any artist, I mean, success or not, any artist was feeling a lot of frustration and a lot mm-hmm. of uncertainty and just that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, at the first three months of the pandemic, I don't think I wrote one thing. I was just kind of in this weird limbo of like, okay, well, the days are just like rolling into weeks, and all of a sudden it's been two months and I haven't written anything. Like, what am I doing? And there was a lot of that kind of attitude. And then it, I really had to push myself to to do something productive and not just let this time pass because then i thought it was like well what if i just you know i wake up and it's been a year and i haven't done anything because i didn't know what to do like that's Mm. not gonna happen so so it's been a lot of just kind of figuring it out you know um and and luckily i was lucky enough that i have it's not a great setup but i have the ability to record vocals in my um in my closet i made like a a makeshift uh, vocal booth out of like blankets and pillows and a decent yeah. microphone. Um, so I've been able to do demoing and and stuff like that. And the new singles actually were recorded in my closet. The vocals. Really. So it's been yeah. So it's been a little bit. It's been productive still, but not necessarily how I thought the year was gonna go.
0: <laughs> right. No. Well. Yeah. I <laughs> think. And it's funny is, you say that because I actually record the intros to all these podcasts in my walk-in closet.
1: <laughs> oh, no way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like the best acoustics of anywhere else. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm,
1: walk in. I'm, I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, yeah. I, I've got, I'm lucky. I'm in like an older building. So the units are a little bit bigger than all these new condos that are being built.
1: Okay. Nice.
0: Yeah. So I'm a little bit lucky there, but, uh, you know, you, you said that too, about the first, I think it's funny. I was listening back to one of these podcasts I did at the, like during the beginning when everything first got shut down Yeah. and we like me and whoever the guest was, we're talking about like, Oh, by the summer when they've got this all figured out, like, (laughs) you know, so I think (laughs) at the beginning, yeah, at the beginning we all thought it would take months, you know? So yeah probably i think aside from everyone like cleaning out their closets i don't think many people got much done in the first three months so
1: i know right because yeah, it's you... like well there's definitely this whole idea of well when are we ever going to get this time again when where time doesn't really matter and mm-hmm. we kind of are forced to stay in and it was kind of fun at first and then and then it wasn't
0: it really wore <laughs> off yeah it really yeah. wore off quick yeah, yeah. Yeah. Life was so fast paced. And I was like, you know what? Maybe the break will be nice. And then like two yeah. weeks later, I'm like, okay, enough break. Let's get back, <laughs> Let's get back to life. Yeah.
1: Exactly. It's-
0: yeah. Well, you, you mentioned like the touring aspect, because of course, yeah, when you have hot new music, you want to take that on the road. And I know you had a tour that was with Jimmy Eat World too, which is for one amazing. It <laughs> got canceled. So do you guys, uh, you know, from what you're thinking about now, do you guys think that you'll pick up that tour again when you can, or do you think you want to go off and do your own headline tour?
1: Um, I mean, right now we're getting some offers for summer for like festivals and stuff and Hmm. even the fall for touring. That's kind of the soonest that anything has been really talked about yet. So it's hard to say. I mean, it really depends on how this year 2021 rolls out because I, I feel like some people have this idea that like twenty twenty one, as soon as January first right. hits, everyone's just breaking out of their house. Yeah. It's like not gonna happen. No. <laughs> so kind of have to be realistic on the expectations of of how many shows are gonna be there. I'm hopeful because the vaccine is now
0: yeah, they're rolling Maybe. it out now. It's not
1: like readily available, but it's it's getting there. Yeah, so that's really helpful for us and you know the
0: entertainment. Yeah, you industry. and you and I will be pretty low on the priority list. So I know <laughs> it'll be a long time before you and I are getting shot with anything. But
1: <laughs> I know, right?
0: But uh, I mean, that's a. I mean, it's okay once, like the uh, you know the most affected are. Uh yeah. treated then at least we can start doing normal things again
1: <laughs> exactly
0: but you uh you did a, you did do a show here in Toronto I mean I don't know if you did many of the like many drive-in shows but I know you did one here um because actually I was hanging out with the guys from Ferraro on their oh, yeah. porch actually like the day before so, <laughs> nice. yeah it was pretty ironic because they were saying oh yeah we're playing this show with JJ Wilde tomorrow and I was like, Oh yeah, I really dig her music. I was like, I hope she is on here sometime. So there you go. But
1: perfect. Me, <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah. The stars aligned. Um, yeah. but tell me, tell me what that experience was like, like the drive-in concert. Was it, did it feel odd to you or.
1: It was interesting. I'm not going to, I went in with very low expectations because I had never been to a drive-in concert. I've never mm-hmm. Seen, I'd heard a few things, but I really didn't have a lot to go on. But for me, I, I just thought, how how good could it be if you can't see the people and and you're kind of just playing the cars and it's nighttime, so you can't even see the people in the cars and like I yeah. thought it was gonna be strange, and it was a little strange at first. But honestly, I had so much fun. I was so pleasantly surprised in in how intimate it actually did feel, even though people were in their cars, they still like hang out the window to mm-hmm. cheer and watch. And they'd be like honking their horns and flicking their lights and stuff. So it it ended up being a lot better than I had initially thought. Yeah. And I would do it again, for sure. Like I kind of went into it being like, yeah, you know, I'm excited to play and get on the stage because we hadn't been, that was the first concert that we had done in, I think, eight months almost. Mm-hmm. So the, the energy was incredible. And like everybody backstage is just so fired up to get out there yeah. and so yeah. i but i had like in the back of my head is like okay but like are we going to be able to keep up the energy for the set if there's no crowd or whatever but it was amazing it was yeah. so much fun i would do it again 100 percent. if we great. don't end up playing shows you know if, if venues don't end up opening in 2021 i would do a tour of driving concerts <laughs>
0: right yeah and yeah, I, I feel the same way i did i only went to one i uh because i do some I do some, actually, it's behind me. You can see I do some photography work for like Edge 102 and Q107. So they sent me to the one with Walk Off the Earth and same thing. I was like, this is, you know, and what was really cool about it too is like, um, I know there was a couple in Toronto, so I can't remember which one you were at, but like there was like kind of like this sweet view of the city. Yeah. And in the background and it was kind of a good, you're right. And it was like fun sitting on the roof of my car. Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hanging in the
0: skylight, you know. So that was it, it. Was it was fun? It was a different experience. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, we'd all like to be back in a sweaty room yeah. <laughs> dancing with each other. But yeah,
1: but it's true. I <laughs> right know. Back, <laughs>
0: That's it. It was, I, you know, it's like ironic, and I don't want to like jinx myself. Is that like? I uh, think in all of 2020, like I haven't gotten a single cold. Or like I haven't been sick. Knock
1: on wood. I I
0: think one, it's like the like persistent hand washing, and I'm pretty sure every cold I've gotten the last ten years has either been from like Good Life Fitness (laughs) or or some concert where literally everyone's germs are all over each other. So I
1: know it's weird. I haven't really gotten sick this year either. Well, maybe no, I don't think I have.
0: Yeah. it's ironic that's like the healthiest year I've I've probably ever had and
1: yeah <laughs> it does say something too about how we we were living before we live normally everyone,
0: yeah
1: not to say everyone was a dirtbag but they kind of were kinda, yeah.
0: <laughs> now now like I think about like at the gym like I you know nonchalantly like half-assed wipe things down Yeah. Yeah. uh, You know what I mean? Now I'm like, man, we were so gross. We're just like (laughs) rolling in each other's sweat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now everything gets super wiped down. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: But, uh, so tell me one, one amazing stat I read and that was for the rush was that you were the first woman to ever top three Canadian rock radio charts simultaneously with a debut. How, how awesome does that make you feel? And what, like, what, what, what goes through your mind when you think of that?
1: I mean, it, it's weird because I mean, it feels great to, to, Mm -hmm. to have that, I don't know, accomplishment. It's kind of surreal and I'm very grateful and thankful and a little bit in awe, to be honest, because the people that have um that have broken this record are bands that I look up to and never really thought that I was you know it's it's weird to be in that kind of company I guess Mm -hmm. but I'm very grateful and thankful and you know it's just it's another step in the direction that I want to go and kind of solidifying what I'm doing as an artist feels great um I can't say that I generally like write for that kind of acknowledgement but then when it happens obviously it's Really exciting, nice. so yeah. Feels good.
0: Yeah, like you know, you don't, you don't, you don't write with the intentions of getting a Grammy, but if it comes, it's nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: to think about, like, it's also kind of crazy to think about that, like, you know, uh, like you said, like people like ha- you know, Emily haynes has never done that with Metric. It's like, or you know, Weird. you know, it's like, wow, I'm you know the first person, and especially you know, coming from a small town, it must be very surreal you know
1: it is i don't know if it's like fully i don't think it's fully sunken in yet and also because of this pandemic too it's not like i'm at the concerts and i have a bunch more fans there or like something that i can see you know so it it's it's funny it's a weird feeling
0: yeah but the i mean the album is is really awesome i really enjoy it and it's kind of like my feeling is that it's it's like really what we the type of music me maybe this is a selfish. I really need <laughs> because I feel like every every year we kind of lose a little. I don't like. I never want to be that that person who gets old and is like, "What is this shit?" Everyone's listening to, but I know. but <laughs> and actually, I went to uh, it was some magazine I was shooting for. I was covering. Uh, I think it was Fallout Boy or something, and yeah. there was this guy opening, and now now he's everywhere. But there was this guy opening called Black Bear. Okay, and. and uh, I was there, and I was there. Was like thousands of screaming fans. He was the opening act. I'd never heard of him before that day, and uh, I was that guy. I was like, <laughs> I was like "What is this?"
1: <laughs> and it's like
0: heard. tons of screaming young people. <laughs> and, what is this racket? <laughs> and I was like, I was like Fall Out Boy's, like in their forties. Like how are they, like how are they still like how are they teamed up with this guy? Anyways, but yeah. <laughs>
1: That's hilarious.
0: Yeah. And I was like, man, I've become that person I never wanted to be. But uh, no, it's like really refreshing. Uh, I was reading through like Rolling Stone. I, I mean, I'm still a fanboy of Rolling Stone magazine, but I think, I think they need to hire me to put rock and roll back in <laughs> Rolling Stone magazine. Because I read their like top 50 list of 2020 and it like made me want to cry a little bit. But. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> i have to read that i haven't read that
0: no before. you you probably don't want to you probably don't want to it'll make you very sad
1: <laughs> it'll make me inspired
0: yeah that's it to hit the, yeah. this
1: fucking list <laughs> no,
0: oh my gosh yeah so tell me tell me a little bit about the inspiration for the album and and your your background where you come from, or for our listeners anyways you know where you come from and
1: sure um so i'm come from a a nice family in and Kitchener, Waterloo, you know, I had a very supportive, supportive parents of my music. Always. They always wanted me to do like a, you know, have a plan B and and you know, that kind of thing until it actually really took off. But, um, I have, I have to say, I, I come from a, a great family full of music. My cousins play music. My brother taught me how to play guitar. When I was 15, I always kind of looked up to him because he was my, older brothers four years older and right and played music and I thought it was so cool and my dad and my mom both had a love of music so it was always blasting in our house as well Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where that that love initially sparked for me um and yeah then I went out I've tried to do the whole band thing in a folk band okay Uh, that bro I I remember it was when I was Oh man, I started. Well, I started playing gigs solo when I was about uh, eighteen, I would say, and then I joined this band. I think around twenty, maybe, maybe it was nineteen or twenty. I was playing open mics before that. Okay, um, and then I was in this band. We kind of it was folk music, and we just kind of got into a van and drove across Canada and toured as much as we could all the time, which was so much fun but it never ended up going anywhere that band broke up and I thought it was the end of my world. Like I was right. Oh my gosh. When I I, I was so ready for that to be my future. I was very naive and I didn't realize all the ups and downs of the music industry. And it was my first like real heartbreak of that. So then I moved out East for, I think it was like six or eight months or something like that to try to get my, my playing chops again by myself and like kind of reinvent myself out there and then come back to my hometown again which I did and and it you know it went well and then I was kind of stuck in this position of working three part-time jobs mm-hmm. I was a bartender a server and a receptionist at a spa and I was doing that but I was also playing gigs three times a week and it was shit like it was just hell it was like constantly tired always like on this hamster wheel of of what am I doing and is this working and what am I even doing this for and it was a lot of that. And then I finally just, I quit the jobs and there was, there was no money coming in, but I, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to make this a, a priority. And if I, if I fail, I fail, but at least I can say that I actually tried yeah. because I was, you know, working through jobs are taking a lot away from what you could be doing if you're putting everything into right. this one, you know, goal. So that's what I did. And then, um, I think it was, A few weeks later, after I had made that decision, I met my manager, which was crazy. Mm -hmm. It was the most like serendipitous meeting because it was kind of like in my in my head, I kind of made that plan of all right, I'm I'm sticking with this no matter what, where it goes, just gonna see. And then I met my manager, and uh, he, yeah, we we had a a couple meetings. He said, "Oh, I'm gonna send you to LA. I'm gonna do this, blah blah blah." And then he actually disappeared for a bit, and I thought. I thought, shit, there goes my chance. I, I had this and I blew it. And he asked me to send him songs and I didn't send enough songs. It was like all these things going through my head. And then he randomly surfaced again and asked if I had new music. And this time, instead of my five best songs, I sent him everything I had been working on for the past two years. I sent him like 500 songs. Yeah. And, and then he then was like, okay, we're gonna send you on a writing trip, <laughs> and then it kind of just went from there. You know, it. We I started going on trips, seeing who I wrote with, and what kind of styles, and
0: so just what's, really what's a writing out. What's a writing trip like? Like what?
1: So it was. I was new to that. I had never really yeah. co written anybody besides my old band, and that's a mm. very different kind of co writing. So the first ones I went to LA, and it was basically you know here's these these people. Right. try writing with them, see what you come up with. And that's what it was. And it was this lovely couple that I was writing with in LA. One was a producer, one was a writer. And it really, it was like my dreams coming true. I remember that first trip to LA. I'm not going to lie. I put on Miley Cyrus party in the USA and just like danced around my hotel room. (laughs) Like, oh my God, I'm in LA and this is actually happening. (laughs) And it was the most exciting thing ever. Yeah, it was just a week—a week long of every day going in and 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 writing—and it was fantastic. And then I did another one in Nashville, and then I did two other ones in Nashville and another one in LA. And the last one is when I met my producer Frederick Day, who I co-wrote and and he did everything that I've put out essentially. He's mm-hmm. um, fantastic. And that one was basically—it was just kind of fishing around to see how I would write with people and who was. The, the styles, you know, meshed together. And when we got together, it was literally, I think, seven or eight days of 12 to 14 hour days holed up in the studio when we wrote the first EP. And mm-hmm. I had brought some of those songs, like I had brought, you know, a lot of pieces of the songs or some of them were full songs and stuff like that. Um, and then he just helped me put them together and, and, you know, make it a thing. It was great. And it was the first time really I'd ever written you know a guitar part or a bass part or you know I'd never really gotten gone for a full deep dive on instrumentation it was usually I was just used to writing acoustic guitar parts and and my melody and and lyrics and stuff so that was again a very different experience but it was it was great.
0: So did you write did you write all the musical parts you and, and your writer together or did you form the band before? No
1: we... Frederick and I wrote everything. Okay. It was just the two of us. And Lenny
0: Kravitz did. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it was, well, cause it was fun. I didn't, I actually didn't have my band yet. We had, we were writing but, stuff. And once we had the songs, then it was kind of like, okay, then we're going to go on tour. But then I had to find a band. band. Yeah. And I went through quite a few variations of the band to get to the one I have today, which, you know, they're the ones <laughs> I found <Cool>. the one. <laughs> 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 but that's- yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. It was always the, I mean, I always had the same, I, that was my problem was getting a consistent band because it was always like, especially like you said, when you're working, especially multiple jobs, it was like, yeah. it's hard to get four people's schedule to all line up. And it was always like one week we were a two piece, the next week we were a different three piece. And it was yeah. like, here's what we did last week, catch up. And yeah. Yeah.
1: So, it's that's tough.
0: always the, the pain of being in a band, but yeah.
1: Yeah. It is tough, but I got really lucky this time. And I mean, it, my, my cousin is my one guitar player, so that helps. He, he can't yeah, really. Leave.
0: You can't, yeah, you can't just play <laughs> with <in> family. <laughs> or you have to like an eternity of awkwardness if you do. Yeah,
1: I know. And our moms are like, they're sisters, but they're also the best friends. So that was just oh, okay. be
0: awkward. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. So he is. St- well, you know what? And usually, I mean, family bands usually make like the tightest bands like uh kings i like i was kings of leon are one of the tightest bands you'll ever see live and it's like well yeah they've been playing together forever like,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this, together.
0: literally like yeah there's no escaping each other so
1: yeah for better yeah. Or for worse
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's what's true but i i would say in their case probably for better <laughs> yeah
1: although i mean are they coming out with a new album yet or what
0: in a long time it's been a long time yeah
1: they either need to come out with a new album or just tell us it's over because i'm hanging on here yeah
0: yeah they're one of those, they're one of those bands yeah it's yeah. like i was looking too it was like system of a down just released like a single and i was what? like i was like when was the last time they released something and i look it was like oh six i was like yeah. 14 years ago was the last time you released a song yeah that's crazy yeah like, is it any
1: uh, good it's
0: yeah it's good it's like it's good but it's not like it's not system of a down good you know it's not hypnotized memorized good you know
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah it was no i mean the thing i loved about always loved about system was like how unique everything was every single song had some kind of unique sound it was almost like a global sound with Mm -hmm. metal mixed into it like it was just yeah like some of the craziest what like, just some of the craziest melodies. Yeah. Like a thrash riff gone into, like, some kind of Parisian, like, <laughs> dive. And it's like, how did this even work? Who even thought of this? Like, yeah. Right. But it works. But it works. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, <laughs> which I think, you know, you mentioned that you're doing some festivals. I did see in your news on your website that you got, um, you're added on the download, download yeah. festival for 2021 which I did see system of a downer on there too.
1: Yes. So American. hopefully,
0: I mean, I've got my fingers crossed for you that you get to play that gig. Have you ever played a gig that size?
1: Um, no, I mean, I played, no, I don't think so. I, I played Oshiego with my old band, but it was, because That's pretty- we, won, we won a contest. It wasn't okay. like we weren't invited.
0: You're still there. Yeah. More than 99% of us. True.
1: It was, it was yeah. awesome. It definitely gave me a taste for like, holy shit, this is a big stage and this is what playing, you know, a big festival feels like. And it was it was insane and surreal. And I was so young and it was just like this crazy experience. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, no, I mean, I guess the Incubus show was like 8,000, but that's still not, nowhere near what a festival Right. Would, you know, like there's different kinds. Of, but I, yeah, so I'm excited. Fun. I could prefer the bigger shows to... Not, not that I prefer them to the smaller ones, but as far as like stage fright goes, yeah, I find if I used to have really, really bad stage fright when I was... Oh,
0: really? That's yeah, pretty I tricky. Just, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> literally. It was like when I just started playing, I would be at open mics. I wasn't even playing gigs yet. And my friends would have to convince me to even play. Um, and then I'd get up there and I'd start shaking and my legs would shake. And it was like, insane I never thought that I was going to be able to overcome that and so I still get a little bit of stage fright, but it's yeah. more excitement and I kind of channel the energy differently my,
0: my biggest fear is like because I, I mostly play the drums my yeah. biggest fear was always that like I was going to drop a stick or like a stick was going to fling off a cymbal where it was like too far to reach and then I can't like get to one and I'm trying to do everything with one hand and yeah. <laughs> sure. I, like, oh, I've only ever even played in front of people, like, three times.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. It was
0: what's always it? just, what's that?
1: What's the band?
0: Oh, you like, know? in university, I played with other, like, people from my program. We won, like, a Battle of the Bands. So the one time I did play, uh, yeah. the biggest crowd I ever played, we did win a Battle of the Bands. And uh, we, funny enough, we played, we played Sex on Fire by Kings of Leon. And we played always by Blink-182. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There wasn't like, admittedly, there wasn't a lot of competition, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nobody know that part. Yeah, guys, yeah. there was like, even like,
0: one guy was like a magician, I remember. And <laughs> I was like, well, was like the magician was pretty good, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I guess it's a battle of the band, so these guys yeah. win. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And fun fact, you mentioned that my... My buddy's sister actually used to date the lead singer for me through This*.
1: Get out of here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what? Yeah, like she's like right. uh, she ended up going to L.A. Her, and her actually her and her friend, her friend ended up becoming like a very well-known actress. They went oh, together. Really? Yeah, Mullen Mullen Ackerman. Mullen. So yeah, if you look I'm her up, you'll. Up, she was so in that movie with Ben Stiller. She was in a Ben Stiller comedy, and then she was in like *Watchmen* and. Oh, cool. A bunch of stuff. You'll if you look up, her, you'll know her. But anyways, yeah. My friend's sister didn't quite make it as big, <laughs> but yeah. she dated the lead singer of Incubus. <laughs> That's something. That
1: guy's a beautiful yeah.
0: man. He is wow. a beautiful man. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like has this like aura around him. Was just like yeah. Ooh. They
0: were yeah. I was supposed to do. I was supposed to do a podcast with them last summer, and then I was. It was literally. I went away. I was away the day before, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me." <laughs> like,
1: oh man. Yeah.
0: yeah last time and that's what they were like oh they'll be back next year and it's like well next year's 2020
1: <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh god that's that's shitty
0: yeah i guess uh, go even ahead
1: one thing you can take from it is don't wait if you don't wanna, wait. You know what i mean if you want to do something it's like because i was bad for that too like oh i'll get to it or like you know maybe next you know that that'll happen in the future or whatever and it's like if this has taught me anything it's don't yeah. think that it you know it'll come one day or it'll yeah. you know whatever it's like if you want to do something, take charge, take control of it, and just do it because you have no for idea.
0: For sure, no my actually my, my my final motivation to ever start this podcast because I used to do interviews for different magazines and stuff, but I wanted mm. to start my own thing for a while, and I was like, ah, can I? And anyway, so yeah. my final motivation was actually when Chris Cornell it sounds morbid, but when Chris Cornell passed away. Yeah, And I was like, all right, before any any more of my heroes start dying, like, let me, I was like, let me do this thing. And I made a list of a hundred people that were like, I want to see how many of these people I can cross off.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, how, how far down the list are yeah, you? Yeah,
0: don't ask that it's like zero <laughs> still. One, no, zero. I've had some people that I'm like, oh, because I never changed it. I made it and I was like, I'm never going to change this list because this was right. the initial list. And now there's people that I have had on it and I'm like, oh, they could have been on the list. But right. <laughs> yeah, well, but, but it's like, they're like pretty, uh, there's like Mick Jagger and Bono and stuff. Yeah. It's like the ones where I'm like, I literally have to be getting, you know, millions of streams before <laughs> You'll or, get like, it. I got yeah, that's it. Or I got to work for Rolling Stone before that happens. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's your
1: in. That's that's it. It's like the out. people
0: who don't do publicity because only publicity only hurt them at this point. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so going back, going back to the album, the content itself. So I read actually a really great quote that you, on, on Apple Music, there was kind of a description of all your songs. So one of my favorite songs from the album is Cold Shoulder. And you had said that that song became uh, more of an empowering statement with the chorus being, I want to be reckless, I want to be ready, uh, and I want to be in control of my own life. And it had become kind of a reoccurring theme for the entire album. Mm, so yeah. can you kind of uh, expand on that a little bit on, on kind of what, what you were feeling for that song and kind of how it represents you as an artist?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Cold Shoulder is funny. I I started that song. I wrote it initially as a really slow 90s grunge song. It had a, a very different yeah. feel before. It was kind of this like want to be reckless and it was like really soft and like drawn out and then and it was it was kind of sad sounding and it was this like desperate cry for for freedom it was this desperation of of am I letting things go you know letting my life go by just being kind of complacent and and coasting and, and all of these fears that are, are definitely a recurring theme on my album because I'm always afraid that I'm my worst you know self-sabotaging That eventually is gonna get in the way of my own journey and my own success. That's like one of my biggest fears is that I'm gonna screw something up and then and then ruin everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, so with that song, it was kind of I was in a place where I wasn't. I mean, most of this album came from these few years where I was very unhappy and I felt my life kind of passing by and I wasn't living it the way I wanted to live it. It was. I was doing what I thought I had to do. I was working jobs that I didn't want to work. And I was just kind of getting by, but it in, in no way was the life that I had pictured for myself. And it was not the life I wanted to live. And it was that kind of desperate cry of I want, I want to be living a different way, but I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I want to be successful, but I don't, don't know where to start. And it was all of this like stumbling and really trying to figure things out. And so for cold shoulders much as the same on, of the other songs. It's all about that journey of, of falling and failing and, and then getting back up and trying again and then making the same mistake over again and, and hating yourself for it, but then getting over it. And like, it was just, that was my journey for a good, more than two years. But, you know, it was very, um, uh, what's the word? Like, not emphasized, but kind of like magnified, I guess, in those mm-hmm. two years. So then Cold Shoulder, when we, I brought it to my producer and uh, we kind of started it and we made the demo of the slow song, but it just didn't lift the way I wanted it to. And, and it was Fred's idea to up the tempo and he started doing this like the funky drum beat. And then all of a sudden it, it kind of hit me and then we finished the song. And then it, that chorus, it went from being this desperate cry of of I don't know what the hell I'm doing to to now unempowered kind of like this is what I want and I'm going to take it and and mm. it it totally changed the vibe of the song and I think you know maybe it had changed in how I was feeling as well because i started to feel more in control of myself and and where I was going and and learning that you can actually control that you don't just have to deal with what you're dealt with you know what I mean mm. <laughs> so it was uh yeah it was it's a very interesting Theme that I feel like a lot of people have felt at one time or another that they don't know what the hell they're doing why they're doing it what how the, you know there's always places that you want to go in life and and sometimes they seem unattainable and then it's kind of that battle that like inner battle of am I good enough can I do this yes I can no I can't yes I can no. <laughs> you know it's like that flip-flop so mm-hmm. that's what that's
0: what it's about Wow. Well, that's yeah that's pretty cool. And it, it, I like how this, I like how you said the song kind of morphed from what you thought it was for, and I think I, I've heard that from a lot of artists where they've almost mm-hmm. even sidelined a song because in the back of their head, they don't know it's finished or they, right. they feel like it's not finished. And then yeah. it, it can come two two years later or something, you know? So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that was the case with that song. We had kind of made that really slow demo, but it just wasn't, there like it wasn't Mm -hmm. it wasn't where it was supposed to be obviously because then we changed it and it was but yeah it's interesting
0: yeah it is um tell me about because it's a lot of fun tell me about the making of the video for best boy oh mainly what i want to know mainly what i want to know is did you know all the people submitting videos or were they just randomly (laughs) submitted
1: yeah, it was, so this was this is a lot of fun. So we had a, a whole idea for this song was it's all about flipping the stereotypes that are put on women by mm-hmm. men. Yeah. Uh, you have to dress a certain way, talk a certain way, you can't go off and do this with this person, and all of these ridiculous stereotypes and pressures from society. And it was about taking all of those and flipping it back towards men. That was the original idea. Uh, kind of expressing yourself the way a man does, but being a woman. Mm-hmm. And so the video, I wanted it to be this, you know, ritzy mansion with me, kind of like like Fifty Cent candy shop, but but a right. woman. So it's like this, like extravagant place, and this kind of like boss person, and but it's the woman this time with having men, like men and women dancing around her, and, and all this stuff. But then, of course, the pandemic, we couldn't fit a ton of people in the house and, right. and everything like that. So the director had this idea of a, cast, a virtual casting call. So originally those videos were, were pretty much just casting calls for the extras that we were trying to get. Yeah. And then there was a surplus of them that just came in and it was overwhelming. I just how saying, the you have really to
0: through all these people's, like, yeah. videos <laughs> and, uh...
1: But it was fantastic. So then once yeah. we saw all these people, because essentially all that, the direct, the only direction that they had been given was, here's the song, just film yourself dancing to it however you feel.
0: Okay.
1: The concept of the video—it's kind of sexy. It's kind of this, but but really, it's however you feel when you when you hear the song. Yeah. And that was even better because there was, you know, people that just had like nipple pasties on, or there's yeah. people that had, you know, men in in glittery short shorts and makeup, and it was just it was fantastic. There was so much self-expression that we thought, okay, we need to put this. We have to we have to put this in the video. We can't not use this, right? right? And so then for me the, the the, the message of the song kind of took on a new meaning in the sense that I was so focused on the sexual roles uh, and differences between men and women. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of just became this, this rally cry for men and women and that mm-hmm. no one should feel oppressed for, yeah. for dressing the way they want to dress, for seeing who they want to see. And so I was, it was almost a gift to get all that stuff because it opened my eyes to what the song could actually be about, not just so Focused on the role reversals and all this stuff, but really just be whoever you want to be. Don't yeah. let people, you know what I mean. It's just like that kind of self-expression. So I was very happy with how that turned out. And then of course we did have the the mansion and those scenes, but we only had a, a select few extras because we couldn't have that many people on set. And right. you know, everyone was wearing masks besides the people, um, you know, in the scene. But we, I was very happy with how it turned out. I thought that maybe the pandemic was going to ruin the the concept and like how big it could have looked. It but then
0: accentuated it. Yeah.
1: It did. It was great. I mean, we wouldn't have gotten all of that footage and it just worked out the way it was supposed to. Yes.
0: so, I was, it's so funny too. I was just picturing, I'm like, are you sitting at home? Just like sifting through all these <laughs> videos of people in their own homes. I'm sure some of them are, are quite, uh, quite something. But they were. In, my, in my favorite part, there's, I don't know if he's your guitarist, but there's like right at the end, there's someone just ripping a guitar solo in just a sailor's hat. And oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. And he was just a sailor's hat. Cause really? I was I'm staring at his ass. Was yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, he your is guitarist or was he someone, an actor? Or like?
1: No. Yeah. He, uh, he, I think he's an actor, but I also think he might be a musician. I can't remember. We met right. on this kept in touch afterwards, but, um, a yeah. lot of those people were just hired actors, and he looked and, a
0: lot like Slash. I was like, "Who?" <laughs> yeah,
1: with the hair too. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. And actually, it was a surprise for me because I don't know if I had seen that part yet. Because we, the director, had all of this footage, and I hadn't seen that one yet.
0: Yeah. And, and so he came like, out. Your face. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, he came out originally in this, like, I think it was like a leopard really tight leopard onesie and it was awesome. Yeah. And it was kind of like down to here and he had his guitar and stuff. And then he's like, okay, so do you want to change into your next outfit? And they like start giggling. And I'm like sitting in the chair. I'm like, what?
0: Oh, <laughs> and,
1: then, <ow>. yeah, <laughs> and then he comes out butt ass naked. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It was hilarious. He uh-huh. he pulled it off. He did.
0: Well, it sounds like at least you've had some fun during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit there
1: you go keep it pretty that's great and
0: hopefully like we said 2021 hopefully a lot more i noticed i think on that download card you're like the same day as kiss which is pretty awesome
1: yeah you're a fan of kiss i mean i never did a huge deep dive into their stuff when i was growing up but just the rock icon i mean they're
0: like they're like they're like the best kind of cheese you know like it's yeah
1: exactly (laughs) that old
0: cheddar yeah that's it yeah so exactly. I actually have a actually I think you'll appreciate it, so before you go, I'll tell you real quick. I have a really funny kiss story.
1: okay, and it on
0: I might have told it on the podcast before, so anyone listening, you have to endure it again. <laughs> <laughs> so last year it was on actually the day of my birthday party, i was uh q one o seven here got me to go photograph kiss, which was like that's like a top ten like photograph yeah. kiss yes, there's actually one it's on my wall up here. amazing so anyway, so. You know, like photographers, they always have the first three, first three songs from the pit and no flash. That's the deal. Right. So for kiss, and then a lot of times older bands want you to shoot from like the, the soundboard, So you're not right. like right up in their face. Um, yeah. But kiss want you to do both because they want you to get the light show and then they want you to get them being all dramatic and, awesome. but you only get one of each. So you get one song from the soundboard and then one song from the pit. Wow. So they open with Detroit rock city. There's a big explosion. Then basically you have to like book it from the soundboard to the pit because they play shout it out loud second. And it's like a two yeah. and a half it's a two and a half minute song. So Ooh. basically there's like 30 seconds to get to the pit. And then you have two minutes to shoot kiss pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You pretty much have to pick a side. You have to pick the yeah. G. Simmons side or the Paul Stanley side. And so, so anyways, I was on the Paul Stanley side. I'm like, we're all rushing into the pit. And they've got this like metal transom in between yeah. like the crowd and into the pit area. And I do like a splits on, I like, it's slippery. It's metal <laughs> and it's wet or something. And I do like a splits going into the, the pit, but I like, don't even pay attention. I'm like, I've got two minutes. So yeah. I just keep going. Next thing I know too, uh, uh, a guitar pick lands on like in my arm and I look around oh and I was like, it's Paul Stanley's guitar pick. And because ah! I have that, like, I have no free hands. My instinct was to take it and hold it between my teeth. Because I was like, I have no free hands. So I put it in my mouth, and instantly I'm like, why? Why is this wet? Oh, no. I was looking through my photos later. And so it's even in this photo on the wall. Paul Stanley does this like move where he puts the pick on his tongue and like sticks out his tongue and then spits it into the crowd. So I have the Paul Stanley spit pick in my mouth. So then yeah. it was my birthday. And so literally the joke, the rest of the night was I got to make out with Paul Stanley on my birthday. Oh my
1: Amazing.
0: So then, so then that's not even it. So then I'm leaving the pit and I'm, or I'm leaving the concert and I'm like, what? I feel a very hefty breeze. And I look down. So from my splits, I must've, I ripped my shorts wide open like eight inch like eight inch hole there's like a hole this size and it's like right (laughs) right at the crotch too so like luckily i I, I wear underwear i was gonna say mando because everything is that but still like everything's because it's right in the crotch so everything's hanging out and i had to take the subway home in, in ripped shorts and i was i was dating someone at the time and she was waiting at my place and i got home and i'm like I have an explanation for all this. I
1: can explain. <laughs> I can
0: explain. Oh, Paul Stanley God. ripped my pants and and swapped. And then we made things. out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, God, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a pretty. Gonna be your best birthday, yeah.
0: It was a pretty good birthday, it was, and then we had a pretty good night too. So.
1: Yeah. How do you top
0: that? I, it's do? true. It's true. Yeah, actually, I think I told it was like a day. It was a pretty cool week. I shot, kissed, and I think it was the day, day or two later. I had a, uh, I did a podcast with Corey Taylor from Slipknot, and I think I told him that story, and uh, he uh, even he was like pretty. Im- I was like, you've got to have way better, and he was his was like something like he, I don't know, lost like a nipple ring at a concert or something. <laughs> like <that>. like,
1: <laughs> Not quite as good as uh, making it. With- yeah,
0: but did you? Yeah, did you make out with Paul Stanley?
1: Because <laughs> that
0: yeah anyways jj thank you so much for taking the time to do this and all the best in 2021 i hope it's as successful as 2020 but with the touring element as well
1: (laughs) thank you and
0: hopefully next time we do this it'll be in person so
1: yes yes absolutely Absolutely. thank you for having me on it was a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah absolutely so we will we'll catch you soon